Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. To pick up a free audiobook download, head on over to audibletrial.com slash simpletheology. Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane. And I'm Rick Gromlich. What's up, Big Daddy? Not much, man. Um, sitting, chilling, hanging just, out with you. Just had a nice lunch. Yeah, we did have a nice lunch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, your wife what? made us some chicken tacos. She did, man. As they say, north of the border, yakos. They say and, yakos uh, north of the border? What? You making fun of Canadians? Michigan. Mm. Michigan's Michigan Michiganians? Michiganites? They say Yakos? Yeah, have you ever been up there? I've been to Michigan. You never heard of say Yakos? No. I think you're making it up. Look it up, buddy. Look it up. I'm not gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> you Yakos? get robbed to believe anything if you just have a convincing face. Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Yako. I can't believe you're looking this up. That's not even a thing. I know. <laughs> you dummy. <laughs> I'm not the dummy. I'm not the one who fell for it. <laughs> Yakos. Oh, my Watch. gosh. <laughs> Feels so foolish for even looking at that. <laughs> <laughs> we had some chicken tacos. Yeah, those were good. Those are good. Some chicken yakos. Chicken tacos. I've got um, a nice coffee now. Yeah. Which is subpar. Thanks for making right. me a coffee, bud. You want a coffee? That. It's kind of too late now. We're recording. If you do well on this one, maybe I'll make you one You're after. <laughs> what are we talking about on this one, Rob? We are starting up our tulip series. Yes. We like flowers. The, we're doing tulips, and then yep. we're going to do um, daisies. daisies. Oh. <laughs> we're going to do roses. roses. <laughs> Dummy. Anyway, tulip, which is an acronym um, to cover the five points of Calvinism or What's referred to as the um, Doctrines of Grace. The Doctrines of Grace. TULIP is an acronym. We're starting with a T, TULIP, which stands for Total Depravity, or as some people call it, Radical Corruption, or Total Inability, or Righteous Incapability. In- <laughs> Incapability? <laughs> which, uh, never mind, I'm not making a joke on that. <laughs> so anyway, um, <laughs> with, the, with the Doctrine of Total Depravity, it's the, it's the belief that we as humans, as people, are depraved. We can't choose God. We're going to start out with a good, strong quote from Dr. John Piper. Dr. JP. I think that's his Twitter handle. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, so Johnny Piper here. So it's really total... bright. Is it brighter in here? Do you? It's than definitely brighter time? than what it was earlier. So we're still in our garage, my garage, Danielle and I's garage. Um, and the day has gotten brighter. That's good. Like yeah, I do right. see some dark clouds on the horizon though, so it could end up could end up raining. We're hoping to go to a food truck festival later. Yeah. So I'm really hoping that the weather that holds up well. for that. Um, but because we wanted to go last night, but then it just rained and rained and rained, so we weren't able to go. So you guys are gonna go without us? Yeah, we were. Oh. We we have other friends that we were gonna go with. Who? Name one. Um, it was Virgil and Haley. There's, you don't know anyone named Virgil and Haley. <laughs> Yeah, I totally made those names up. Exactly. All right, what's Dr. Just Piper's We're really going to go with Virgil and Haley. You know them. <laughs> we know the oh, DQ, yeah, Rob, Virgil, and Haley. We, we know them. <laughs> <You> idiot. <laughs> Just kidding, Virgil. Okay. And Haley. 
John Piper says this about total depravity. He says, Our sinful corruption is so deep and so strong as to make us slaves of sin and morally unable to overcome our own rebellion and blindness. This inability to save ourselves from ourselves is total. We are utterly dependent on God's grace to overcome our rebellion, give us eyes to see, and effectively draw us to the Savior. Mm. I like it. So He's a man of words. He is a man of if words. If I could that's describe anyone I love, that I look up to as a man of words, it would be Pope Piper. He is not a pope. He is not, not a pope. Catholic. Pontiff Piper. He's not a pontiff either. Mm. Cardinal Piper. He's not a cardinal. Okay, especially after all the stuff about the Catholics. Yeah, Let's get away from I that right now. probably okay? be careful with that, yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> is Protestant and proud of it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Definitely not wanting to associate with the Catholic Church during these days. Um, not I or mean, any obviously, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Obviously, because of recent stuff, but more so because of their theological yeah. understanding. He's a Reformed Baptist. Yes. Anyway, so um, the doctrine of total depravity um, again is a belief that we are so lost on our own that we would not choose Christ, choose God. He had to, he had to do that work in us. But what that doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that all mankind is, is completely wicked or absolutely evil. Uh, people still have morals and values. They have the ability to have empathy and feelings. However, without God acting, we are totally without the ability to serve him or to obey him from a genuine heart. So we can act in obedience and we can um, obey things only because we're trying to get somewhere. But it's only when we are obedient from the heart that we're actually loving God. In that act, has to be done by God doing that in us. Got a little confusing there, but we cannot, without God regenerating our heart or putting faith in us on our own, we cannot please God. Yeah, it's that that spiritual deadness, that spiritual death. Yes, that's in Ephesians two, how mm-hmm. how we were dead in our trespasses and sins. That you know, it's not that we were. We've already touched on this in a previous episode, but it's not that we were. Um, seriously injured. Yeah. Thinking of someone on on the side of the road, maybe say they got, this is a weird illustration, but let's just say they got hit by a car. Mm -hmm. They're seriously injured. That's really morbid of you. Yeah. They they could still find a way to call for help. They could still find a way to get themselves to the hospital. Right. But we're actually, God tells us that we're spiritually dead. Yeah. So we're, to use that illustration, we're on the side of the road and, and we're dead. Yep. And so we're not going to be able to pick ourselves up and get to the hospital or call an ambulance or wave somebody down for help. We're spiritually dead. Yeah. We're totally depraved. And so some other verses that we that we look at for this um, is, I mean, Genesis 3, where, where the fall happens. Uh, but we read that in verse 6, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes, that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. And so in this moment is when the fall happens, when yes. they disobey God, they rebel. Essentially, that's what sin is, is a rebellion of God, rebellion from God. And uh, this is the first instance that it happens. And so therefore, sin enters the world. Sin um, now taints everything that uh, is in the world, including all of the offspring from Adam and Eve. And so we see that right there in Genesis 3, verse 6. Then we also look at Romans 5, 12, which explains pretty much what I just said, but 
It says, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, Adam or Eve, and death through sin, in this way death came to all men because all sinned. So in the first Adam, there was sin. And because we all come from that first Adam, sin has marked all of us. And yes. so we all have this uh, total inability, this depravity that we get from our parents, Adam and Eve. Yeah. And I think um, it's easy for people to, to step back and say, okay, yeah, like everyone has sin and that's just the way it is. But um, if we slow down and, and actually think about ourselves, and um, like our human nature is depraved. And David knew this well, and he wrote in Psalm 51, um, which is a psalm he wrote after losing his child with Bathsheba, and said, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Um, the very fact that by our nature, our nature is sinful. And uh, we both have little babies, and we love our babies, and they're the cutest little things. So the idea that my son is depraved um, and has a wicked, debased heart by nature um, it's hard to believe. Now, as a baby, he doesn't act all those things out. He doesn't have the, the faculties to to um, carry those things out. But just the, the belief that uh, sinful people can get sinful people. And mm -hmm. That's kind of how it works. Yeah. Romans 3, 9 through 12 says, What then? Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. Oh, my screen went dark. <sighs> not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin. As it is written, None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. And uh, that can sound kind of harsh. <laughs> Just kind of laying it on thick there, uh, Paul, the church in Rome. But the point is that he's just exacerbating this point. No one is on their own good. Everyone is depraved. Everyone's worthless, he says. No one does good. Um, it's the same principle that we are in a state without Christ. Um, and the term, term radical corruption, I think, also captures that. We are just corrupt in such a radical way that we need something radical to save us yeah. from that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think really until we understand that, mm -hmm. um, we're going to have a really difficult time understanding the magnitude of the grace that has been given to us through Christ. Yes. Yeah. If we have the understanding that um, we're mostly depraved. Right. And God provided a way for those of us who, who couldn't live a righteous life to be saved, but there is still a way outside of Christ yeah. through our own abilities, um, then we're not going to appreciate the gift given to us. But when we recognize that we are, re are rebels to God, right. that we've turned away from him, and that we have chosen our own way above his way, that we mm -hmm. have... Uh, chosen to treasure sin rather than him, we uh, then realize that the fact that he would give his own son yeah. to save rebels, to save those who, apart from him, are incapable of loving him, is an amazing thing. It's radical. Yeah, I couldn't imagine giving up Finn, my daughter, for anybody. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. the idea of giving her up for someone who hates me and despises right, me and right. has openly rebelled against me and chosen other things over me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That idea is, is just crazy to me. The, the amount of grace we have received in God. 
Yes. For him to give of his own son to save rebels is so kind and so, so yeah. massive. I mean, it, it just it, it, it feeds our, our reverence and our desire to give God glory, understanding our state and where we were. I mean, it also changes, as we said in the last episode, um, and a lot of these things will tie together as we talk about the sovereignty of God and the doctrines of grace. Um, it does change how we do evangelism, how we share the gospel with lost people. Understanding that it truly takes an act of God for someone to accept Christ and to um, be regenerated. That's not something that just kind of happens over time. That's an act of God. So in my kind of prep for this, I was kind of got to an article about Charles Finney. Didn't really know much of Charles Finney. Knew he kind of came out of the Second Great Awakening. Um, he's an evangelist, revivalist, that kind of thing. But as I dug in, like this Charles Finney had some whack theology. This isn't in the show notes, but like he had some whacked up stuff. Like he was um, kind of viewed. He, first of all, he did not believe in um, um, substitution atonement. He didn't. He was more like a Pelagian wow. in his theology. So he kind of viewed the church and Christianity as something that just kind of helps make you a nice person and kind of helps to rid society of its um, vices. But not that man was depraved and in desperate need of God, but rather. It's a nice add-on, which is, I mean, you just you hear so many people like praise him and admire him, and to find out like he was so far off. Yeah. Like, why is he even a a person in, in church history that people um, celebrate? Like, it's one thing to acknowledge him, but to celebrate him is, is terrible. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know enough up. about him to comment. I mean, I've heard he's he's had some wacky theology, but I haven't. Yeah, I mean, I just learned that. Like, I just I just read this several articles about this because I was. Somehow, something linked over to Charles Finney. Anyway, um, it's important that we understand that we, we are in desperate need of Christ. Um, but also, it's important because it's just clearly what the Bible teaches. So, if Charles Finney would have been studying the clear doctrine that man is wicked, um, it's, it's very clear. But it also, it guides us away from like this, the soft, nice, lovey-dovey, you know, things of the Bible. That make us feel good, but don't change us. Yeah, yeah. And we see this a lot in our culture today, where churches are afraid to um, have strong opinions, and they know they're safe with the modern world, the secular world, if they can just be nice and talk about um, grace and talk about love and talk about acceptance and uni- yeah. unity. Yeah. Which is so ironic because none of those things are possible in our own human nature. Yeah. Every one of them is a work of grace by God in us, but yet the uh, churches act as if like that's the only safe area and that's what we can unify on. It's like, well, if you don't understand grace, and you don't understand grace if you don't understand total depravity, if you don't understand how lost you were, then you don't understand the price that was paid and the grace that's been shown to you. Yeah. So, You're missing out on so much of the technicolor of grace. What technicolor? Is yeah. Is a that a theological term? No, it's not actually. <laughs> it if you ever seen like a nineteen fifties movie? <laughs> yeah, Remember, that's what you're talking about, right? Technicolor. Yeah, just like a the spectrum of colors, so to speak. Oh, I thought Technicolor was a company that did movies. Well, it's probably a, a company that did movies, but it the term Technicolor like, is just I like, like okay, so weird fact. I like old movies, right? I'm not like a buff, but I just yeah. enjoy old movies. One of the reasons I like old movies because when I was little, TCM Turner Classic Movie Channel had movies on and no commercials. I'm all about that. 
Anyway, so I just remember watching a bunch of movies and then taking Technicolor. So that was like one of the first companies I think that helped to make colored movies. But what you does think about like a, mean? but that's a great point. You think about like a black and white movie, or a cool thing. Um, History Channel did this a couple of years ago where they they took a bunch of old World War II movies or video footage, and made it colored. And so all these videos that famous, you know, clips and stuff you'd watch in black and white for years. Now you see it in color. And for some reason, when you watch something in color, it brings it to life. Not that black and white doesn't, but it just black and white feels like it's a different era. It's a disconnect. Yeah. You put it in color, you feel like you relate to it. Yeah. It's a and part so of your culture. Talking about that, bringing it to life. Right. I mean, when, exactly. when you grasp how depraved you are, right, and then you see what God has done, that idea of grace comes to life. I mean, you really begin to understand it better that way than, oh, I, I guess I messed up. Um, God bailed me out. Right. Like when you realize how badly you've messed up, how fallen you There's are. There's no, there was no hope. Yeah. Zero chance. Yeah. And it's through your own choosing because you naturally are depraved. And so you naturally choose other things other than God mm -hmm. and for God to intervene. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's technicolor. Grace technicolor. You should write a book. Grace technicolor. The technicolor of grace. Technicolor what does technicolor grace. mean? Here it is. All right. Um, you did look at the definition of it. A you? brand name for a system of making color motion pictures by means of superimposing the three primary colors to produce a fine colored print. Okay. So, yeah. It's a company that made movie pictures in the color. And John Rob. I don't know why I called you John. I don't know where that came from. Alfred over here. <laughs> John. Um... You could you could really start like a, a legit write a book on the Technicolor of Just Grace. Like a, yeah, like someone write a book. Like Technicolor of Grace. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so it's a lame idea. Fine. Be quiet. I like it. You know, you know, Someday you shoot like a bad idea a out when when Rob just looks at you. Like he just throws his look at you. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. He's just like Rick. Is that all you're gonna say? Like okay. I was just right. trying to see where you're going with it. I, I think that'd be no. Whatever, Rob. Great Forget title. it. Forget it. Just wrap it up. Okay, we're book. done. We're done. Wrap the show. <laughs> Rick, what are some of the main takeaways of this episode? <laughs> Aside from the technical One stuff main that we takeaway. Just... And then we start off with uh, Dr. John Piper. We're going to close with a quote. In summary, total depravity means that our rebellion against God is total. Everything we do in this rebellion is sinful. Our inability to submit to God or reform ourselves is total. And we are therefore totally deserving of eternal punishment. That's a weighty st statement. Yeah, it but is. the point I just want to pull out quickly... It's not the idea, I mean, the idea that we are um, totally unable to choose God is one thing, but it like we are in total rebellion against God. We are totally unable to reform or change ourselves. I mean, it's complete, entire. There's there's nothing there that can pull us back except yeah. for God. And just to build off that, I know we're closing here, but it just made me think of Romans fourteen. Verse 23, the second half of that says, everything that is not from faith is sin. Yeah. So it just goes to show that that even when we think we are doing something that to the world looks good, mm -hmm. if it's not coming from faith, if it's not coming from the perspective of how can I glorify God with my body, with my life, with what I'm doing, then it's ultimately selfish and sinful. And that we could go down a rabbit trail there. Um, but just made me think of that verse. Everything that mm -hmm. is not from faith is sin. Yeah. Yeah. 
So what are people going to do about uh, all this stuff, Rob? Well, y'all, um, I think if you liked the episode, Hope you, did. You, uh, you should tell someone. So uh, let your friends know. Share it on social media if you feel so bold. Um, if, yeah, that's uh, dangerous territory anymore, sharing stuff on social media. Yeah. Get blocked real quick, real fast. It's the same thing twice. I blocked uh, Rob. Did you block me? No, Rick hopped off of Facebook. He got too intimidated. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, side note here, but um, early June, I dumped all social media, complete everything. Well, no, I take it back. I have a LinkedIn account still that I get on like every six months. But that boy. Um, everything else, like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, just dumped it all. And I have no regrets. Like, I love it. No regrets. Um, no regrets. I... I've done like breaks or like, hey, I'm going to um, give that up for Lent or something. And I always get back and it just sucks me in. And for me, it was just a matter of control. I just, I would spend too much time on it. And um, it just was not doing anything good for me. So I dumped it for good, broke up. We're never getting back together, ever. Sing it, T-Swift. Um, I can't say never, but right now I have no desire to. And I'm, we I'm loving it. Okay. Okay, that's a one star. <laughs> Give us one stars after that. Do not jerk. What? After you listen to you sing. <laughs> My singing is worth a one star. However, if the podcast is all right, Good hook us up with a five star rating on iTunes um, or leave us a rating or review wherever you do listen to podcasts. If you do leave us a review, you leave a little comment, we'll give you a shout out. Also, you can reach out to us on Facebook twitter or our website i know you're not going to find rick on any you'll of those me, platforms however Rob. on facebook you can find us at simple theology on twitter we're at simple theology underscore and our website is simple org. if you want to support us go to our website in the upper right hand corner there is a link that can't, says okay. support can't they just go to patreon as well and, oh yeah you guys can totally okay. go to patreon we're on there just look up so we theology. like it when you go to our website yeah you know either one We've put a lot of work into it. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Robert um, put a lot of work into it. You you approved. Yeah. <laughs> you looked at things and said that looks good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like how that just paints me as the executive, but like I was just exec. like, okay, yeah, that looked good. Sure, Rob. <laughs> you did. You did you a lot of work in there. Check uh, it out. Please. Please. Yeah, check it out. Humor um, you me. Can also go to the website. Supportology.org. You also support us at Audible. <laughs> um, sign up for a trial. That helps mm. us out. You don't have to get a full paid membership but if you just try it out that helps us you can do that at audibletrial.com slash simple theology peace out peace out peace peace out.